This is Batch Signal, the number one podcast in this group. Uh, and uh, I, I'm Dylan. I'm, I'm joined by my perfect, beautiful, brilliant co-host, Kate. Um, and we're here to, I mean, probably talk about, you know, we're going to talk about the discourse this week uh, more than anything in, in Batch Nation um, yeah. and Married at First Sight. I Right? Yeah. yeah and Married oh, at yeah. First Sight. Oh, yeah. We need um, a silver lining. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know. Um, but first, you know, uh, let's, let's do our part. <laughs> you know? Yeah. I kind of know the answer to this and I think it's going to be the grimmest vibe check of all time, but <laughs> what's your vibe? <laughs> I'm like at a zero. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I really am. I'm, I'm at a firm zero. Mm-hmm. I think. What about you? Same. Yeah. I mean, we were just talking like this has just consumed so many of my thoughts like just like the yesterday fucking I caught myself like so I don't know uh listeners I guess if you haven't listened to Chris Harrison's statement to Rachel Lindsay about um Rachel Kirkconnell and his perception of race in America (laughs) I guess um it's context it's essential reading for this episode I'm sorry but you have to do it but anyway like Juliet Littman for bachelor party like released you know rachel Lindsay's statement mm-hmm. on her own podcast is their episode for this time mm-hmm, mm-hmm. however it's actually like 15 minutes shorter than the portion of rachel Lindsay's podcast where she mm-hmm. discusses it and like right. i'm so fucking far down the rabbit hole that i was like listening to them both in parallel trying to figure out where the differences were to see if i could like piece together some editorial motive for what they were excluding <laughs> uh, i mean <laughs> was right there with you uh i I, I quickly i i uh i've never listened to higher learning ever Mm -hmm. before and i probably never will again um but i i thought i gotta listen to this yeah i think so required uh prerequisites for this episode probably Mm um uh i would say like getting up to date on the um findings on rachel kirkarnell's uh instagram Mm -hmm first then um i would say like the extra interview with chris harrison and rachel Lindsay, um which is harrowing Mm -hmm. and then uh chris harrison's apology um rachel kirkconnell's apology Mm -hmm. both posted to their instagrams i i believe and then bachelor this part's optional um <laughs> i think it's it's good i, I think you should uh, listen to bachelor party's version or mm-hmm. excerpt of higher learning if only to see what it looks like when somebody who is so like who is trying who is like kind of like trying to have it both ways and be mm-hmm. sort of woke i guess but mm-hmm. also like so like deeply like involved in like the franchise that any hope of objectivity is um like prop I mean it's probably like silly to think so and to to watch somebody like try and figure out like the best way to please both parties 
um, which I'm sure we'll get into. Um, mm-hmm. But like again, context for what we're going to talk about is helpful here. And then listening to higher learning, um, maybe the first 45 minutes, because after that, it, they don't talk about the bachelor anymore. I don't think. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and if you really, and if you really, really want to, <laughs> want to be as deep into this, I would say checking out, um, clickbait's recent episode, um, game of roses, recent episode. Uh, at least for me, that's all I really, in terms of podcast content, that's all I could really absorb. I'm sure there are no, there are a number of podcasts, um, that are talking about this, but in terms of sort of bachelor approved podcasts Mm -hmm. um those are probably the ones that you want to look at and uh and then you know then come back around uh and uh finish this one out so that's (laughs) (laughs) um or don't to be lost yeah or yeah yeah Yeah. i mean you'll you'll probably get the gist um, from what we are talking about yeah, if you've landed at this podcast, like you are, I think similarly through the fucking rabbit hole, <laughs> right? So, yeah. yeah. Um, so where I think okay, so mm-hmm. I think a good place to start would just be. Um, I'm just curious, your what were your sort of immediate responses to, um the video were let's just like start let's I guess let's just start there I think just extra the extra interview um what did you what were you thinking well uh as listeners can probably surmise you and I were like furiously texting at this point <laughs> yes. too especially because like I'm on the west coast so like you sent it to me like pretty quickly after I woke up so it like oh. it just right yeah <laughs> it instantly became my entire day I was like this is it like here we go um I don't know so I think uh I mean obviously like I initially took it as the show put him out here to do this like this is the show's stance you know because I think Mm -hmm. one thread that I think like hasn't been picked at enough in the discourse which like is that even possible this discourse has been endless but like I do think like it's Chris's perspective and like from kind of what we've seen from the trailers, like the show's perspective that people aren't Mm going to think Rachel is racist anymore because she falls in love with Matt James. Mm -hmm. And that's like, so just like, fuck, you know, no, (laughs) it's like, what the fuck? Um, But I think like planting that seed and like having it, it's really like changed how I've like looked back on the show and I'm Mm -hmm. like, thinking about how it's going to proceed and what's happening and like I guess affecting like what I'm looking out for and future statements from them Mm -hmm. but I will caveat with like um one thing that I thought was like so interesting about the Rachel Lindsay interview is she kind of gives more context for how the interview came about and she Mm -hmm. says there was Mm -hmm. no PR on the call and actually Mm -hmm. she it wasn't even supposed to be the topic of the interview she brought it up with Chris and released it on YouTube that way so that it wouldn't be edited Mm -hmm. So I don't know. I think that has like made me, I guess, a little bit more skeptical of that initial impulse that it was like the shows or that like that was the show's plan maybe. But at the same time, Mm -hmm. like ABC hasn't done shit or said anything and the apology came on his personal Instagram. So, right. You know, I don't know. Um, Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I also, um, 
I agree that I think that that was what he was saying. What part of what he was saying was mm-hmm. um, our or suggesting was that like the narrative arc for Rachel and Matt is going to be like love wins. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and so just wait for that. So now that you said that, I, I kind of, I didn't think about that a lot, but I'm kind of wondering, I don't know if how intentional this is. I mean, I know that historically mm-hmm. I'm, I'm willing to, I'm willing to grant the producers like a lot of, um, I'm like just assuming that they know what they're doing and that yeah. they are like really intelligent about it. Mm-hmm. Um, and that they, and especially like recently that they have seemed really invested explicitly in planting seeds of outrage and then mm-hmm. like being the kind of balm mm-hmm. to those, like, and and in a way that make, makes them seem like these complete like overseers of the discourse mm-hmm. um, and controlling it in a way that, as we've said, is like incredibly disturbing. Um, yeah. Um, and and I want to come back to this later, but like something that like do- I don't think really happens in other reality TV shows and communities like this. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. This is something at least I haven't seen something quite like ever something quite like this um, in terms of the producers, the network, like all of it being so like like so obsessed with the discourse and controlling and managing it um Mm -hmm. to such an extent so anyway uh, I'll come back to that at some point but um but now like my galaxy brain conspiracy theory is like okay let's say they (laughs) let's say they did like when they reach out to her they looked at her Instagram they're like oh shit okay so (laughs) an old south party cool that's not great but okay what if what what a great story this yeah. would be imagine imagine this if we have this mm-hmm. young white woman who has this you know in their minds and like or, like or the way that they would talk about it probably like a ske- like a sketchy mm-hmm. like controversial past um but then falls in love with this black man and it's kind of really more about um her like how you can sort of evolve and change and you know and mm-hmm. just through hmm. love and through the bachelor or whatever whatever this might be a stretch as i'm saying it hmm. but yeah. but thinking of the way i just could imagine that like you know they're like mm-hmm. okay like what do we do now or like what ways can we like play what kind of storylines can we come can come out of this first black bachelor and especially because they want like a they probably were like we would prefer that he choose a white woman um yeah so oh that could be something that we could we would do um i even as i say it now i'm like not super convinced but i i imagine mm-hmm. that like for them it, it i don't know that like they care so much about controversy because what they've what's been proven to be true in the past is that they can just sort of push all of like the bad stuff onto the individual contestants and like the, yeah. the network and the producers will get off scot-free. They'll be protected. So what does it really matter? You know, if like it doesn't play super well, it's like, okay, whatever. Like she'll just like take the heat for it and we'll mm-hmm. just kind of move on. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. But anyway, so uh, that aside, I do think that the way that he was talking about it does imply that this is one of the arcs that they had kind of set up um, and and thought that like at the end of it, people would be so moved by the love story and think that that was mm-hmm. more important that they wouldn't care about 
her you know her past at all um and that they shouldn't also that they shouldn't, they shouldn't and how right. dare they yeah. um it doesn't matter um so that was one thing I think the other thing that and I was gonna you know that was the, one of the more interesting things about what Rachel Lindsay said it was like oh this was just kind of like a off the cuff question that I just asked him mm-hmm. um which maybe accounts for like the conviction and his passion and mm-hmm. the fact that like oh okay like this is um I think that's one thing that I found so um, surprising about the interview mm-hmm. was like, oh man, like this is how he really feels and like what he re- he really thinks. Mm-hmm. And um, that, um, so when he apologized later, it was like, his, the thing about his apology, which was weird to me was, he was apologizing when he says like, I think in the statement says something about like, Oh, I apologize for like speaking on something I wasn't really informed about. And I was just like, what are you taught? Like, yeah. Like lecturing her about racism. You were Mm -hmm. saying like, it doesn't matter. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And, and Mm -hmm. that you, and that you were talking about how you felt about it, you know, not like, and it seemed like he was apologizing maybe for like the way that he's like a generous reading of the apology is that like he was apologizing for the way that he spoke to her. Yeah. But like he, he wasn't really apologizing for like what he, and he couldn't really apologize for like what he felt to be true or say, or, or even say like, I was wrong in my feelings, you know? Cause yeah. that's not really what he, th- <clears throat> excuse me, it's not really what he thinks. And um, one of the th- most memorable moments from the Rachel interview is when he said, when she said like, you know, right after the interview, he texted me and was like, woo, I feel really great about that. Or like, thanks for the conversation. I'm so glad we can have these debates. Um, And like, he thought he was all good with it. And Mm -hmm. like now after the backlash is when he like reached out to her or whatever. And, and she, I think was hedging a little bit when she was like, which one is real? You know, Mm -hmm. it's like, obviously the first (laughs) one. Pretty strong opinion. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) You know, and, um, and maybe didn't drive home the point as well as hard as she could have that like apology made after a fucking demand um is certainly less meaningful than one that like comes after reflection and something like if he had said like oh you know of his own volition and like you know i was thinking about that and uh i don't feel great about that that would be different you know maybe it doesn't matter as much but it's different and so i just think those are those are a couple of like the initial things that you know, I was thinking about after watching that and just kind of the, I don't know, like the apology stuff to like, even Rachel, you know what I mean? Like, I, yeah. I, don't, I, I just kind of, um, there's just like, yeah, there's a lot to, there's a lot to sort through, I think with all of this. Yeah. It's so interesting. Like just as an example of how fucking much this has like bled into my life, but like, as, um, like looking over Rachel and Chris's apology, like I'm also right now with some students working on some like briefing around like implicit bias mm-hmm. in like criminal sentencing hearings. Mm-hmm. Anyway, but like part of our debate has been with students has been about like, you know, by relying on implicit bias and kind of this other understanding, like are we losing texture or like our ability to call people racist and explicitly mm-hmm. biased, right? Mm-hmm. And I feel like yeah. those threads and those apologies <laughs> yeah. from Chris and from Rachel about like, I just didn't know, like, I didn't know better. It's not my fault, mm-hmm. especially from Chris's, right? Where it's yeah. like, you knew, you know? You and like, know. to be able to like plead ignorance in this way is like such a, yeah. 
it's weird, you know, because and I'm glad you said ignorance because there's a line in Rachel's apology that says, my ignorance was racist. And I was like, what? I don't even, I don't even think I know what that means. Like, it doesn't make any, that doesn't actually make any sense. Um, And it just seems like, you know, you're just sort of, you're, you're just trying to like, uh, it's like, do you not really understand Mm-hmm. what the issue is you know mm-hmm. and that's like that's the thing is like you're not really none of them are really that you know uh, the other thing that was striking from that interview with between chris harrison and rachel Lindsay was that he never said racist um oh, just couldn't even say it and i just thought you know you can't so you've you this apology comes from like after like not even being not even being able to say what people are actually saying mm-hmm I was like, what the fuck? I was just kind of like, what is that about? Like, so, no, or I was, well, I was like, not what is that about? But I was just thinking, if you can't even, if you can't, like, he clearly thinks that this isn't really an issue. This is a sort of manufactured issue, um, sort of driven by the discourse and social media and whatever. He doesn't actually think it it matters or is real. Yep. Um, and um, I was um this is another thread i want to like another connection i kind of want to make that we can maybe pick up later but Mm um one thing that was really interesting to me was that how he it's like his world he doesn't think that uh, i think it just reveals like how how obsessed it seems like production is with discourse and like twitter and how um he thinks that like what happens on social media is I don't know like somehow like reality or like or like not like I don't know like sort of how do I say that um it's just that they're just so responsive to it they're so mm-hmm. responsive to like managing it and mediating it mm-hmm. and policing it um and like making distinctions between like what is real and what is sort of made up um but also like trying to reflect back certain things I think like through the show too Mm -hmm. um but then also trying to say like kind of where the line is Mm -hmm. um in a way that's just I I do generally find like interesting but also like I'm I'm starting to find it more and more like um hysterical and like desperate and and like um um a bit scary like that yeah, it's just, insidious it, right yeah, like right. like this yeah um and so just to see him it seemed like kind of seemed like he truly didn't have like a like I I believed that he didn't fully have a like a grip on like what like even like what the distinctions are um mm-hmm. and that I don't this isn't really like uh, and I'm not being an apologist here for Chris Harrison, but it's just like, I think what was shocking about it was like, oh my God, like this is, this is just what he, this is what he thinks. Like this is, this is truly like someone who's too online all the time. Uh, and, ugh, you know, I was like, okay, well, <laughs> okay. Yeah. Well, and just his like idea, I mean, like, cause you know, batch diversity campaign was like largely an online effort. Like mm-hmm. it, it was hard to not be like, oh, that's literally like, 
that's who he's calling the world yeah. police, you know? Yeah, right, like, right. Yeah. His own disdain for his own fan base, even not even fan base, but like people who are still engaging with the show despite even pre this, right? Everything. Mm-hmm. It's just like, yeah. Yeah. That that disdain was um uh, I'm just surprised that he said it, you know. Mm-hmm. I'm surprised that I'm surprised that it ma- it's like why I was like why does this matter that much you know because I was just thinking they what if they could have just never said anything he could have yeah. never said anything you know and I think people would have um I guess as people would have still been like oh you know would have like noted like okay well she has these posts and okay like this like is the show gonna say anything or whatever like I think everybody it seemed like a lot of people had just kind of accepted that Mm -hmm. she wins the end and they're protecting her and while even though they're sort of upset about it they're kind of willing to like accept it um Mm -hmm. and so the fact that he just uh, couldn't stop himself from like um I don't know there was something um hmm. brazen and really ballsy about him just being like <laughs> you know like kind of slapping everybody's hand and just kind of going like shut up um uh, and thinking that and oh the other thing that Rachel said about it was just like he kind of kind of joked about like oh I'll probably get a little flack from this you know but like whatever and just kind of just thinking like again this doesn't even this mm-hmm. is all silly it doesn't matter whatever um it was just again you know it's just really revealing of 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 the attitudes and and um and I don't think how could you come back from that I don't think you can like sort of speak your truth as we as they say <laughs> and then try and make it like seem like you weren't really I don't know that like you made a mistake. You didn't make a mistake. <laughs> you know, there were no mistakes made here. <laughs> like morally, and just like the the idea that like oh it was by ignorance as he was like sh- Rachel was actively trying to correct him, yeah. <laughs> like give him information, and he was like sh- straight up shouting her down. You yeah. know, it's like <laughs> I don't yeah. think that's how like confused, uninformed. <laughs> act when right. like presented with more information right. you know right oh, yeah um yeah uh so uh yeah i think um what have you what have you sort of mm. observed um, and what are your thoughts on the way that uh, the different kind of ways that people like within the discourse have responded to these um, these events? Yeah, I think it kind of gets broken up for me from like the podcast world and like the Twitter universe, mm-hmm. you mm-hmm. know, mm-hmm. Um, I think in the podcast world, I mean, it seems like um there's a lot of interest in obviously denouncing Chris Harrison, but then like leaving at that and not pulling back to like production mm-hmm. staff, like right. thinking more critically about like what's wrong with the whatever structure people mm-hmm. behind this show. Um, and it's like commitments to just like promoting whiteness. Right. Like, mm-hmm. it, um, and I think that that like 
makes sense just in the sense that like there's this whole ecosystem mm-hmm. that exists like and makes their money off of commenting on this thing so right. i think to like take a more critical stance against it would require like people being more critical of their own work and participate yeah. investments yeah and you know a part of it too has been like internally like i i keep getting like an emotional block as i mm-hmm. think about it because for me it's like i mean we knew from the jump that chris harrison was trumpy right mm-hmm. Like the show's issues with race have like not been new. Mm-hmm. And I mean, there's the sexual assault, which I go back mm-hmm. to all the time. But you know, it's like yeah. I, I don't know. Like I have a I think a slight mental block up like thinking about it of like this very much like feels like a the line for me or like mm-hmm. a big line in transgression, but at the same time I'm kind of like, <laughs> what did I expect? Like have I been or like is the discourse so like partially gleeful because we kind of halfway saw this train wreck coming and people mm-hmm. are getting the implosion that they've wanted mm-hmm. without realizing like the cost and harms of it. I don't know. You know, like I'm still very like in a beginning phase of like thinking through those things. Mm-hmm. I don't know. How do you feel about that? Um, I mean, much the same. Mm-hmm. Um, something I've been thinking about was how exciting it all is yeah um and how it's I think like there's something really exciting about um this really dramatic thing happening there's so like my initial so I mean my first thought and I think response when I saw that video was like I thought it was enthralling. Like I was mm-hmm. so hmm. like surprised. And I, this is sort of actually like my uh, kind of a typical response for me whenever, whenever, mm-hmm. cause I, I guess I feel like, um, uh, I just feel like, you know, so a big part of our culture is this like public performance that we, these performances that we all do. Um, yeah. And I think in particular because, we can't because when we say what we really think like people are I think are really skeptical and cynical about people who are being like quote-unquote honest or vulnerable because Mm -hmm. we're sort of used to and expect people to always be kind of calculating like we're like a nation of confidence men a little bit where like Mm -hmm. the this the sense that you're being vulnerable and honest without wanting something at the end of it is like I think this is a broad generalization, but I think is always mm-hmm. like, um, um, is is um, is something that people treat skeptically. And so, whenever I see people, I, oh, I feel like acting in a way or saying or doing something in a way that seems not particularly calculated to benefit them, but is just like like they cannot help themselves. Um, I'm always. I always feel like very, like very, very alive, like very, very like present <laughs> and just like, well, huh, yeah. Um, like I just like pay attention because I feel like those moments are rare basically. Mm-hmm. And so when they happen, I'm like, oh, okay. Like I'm paying attention, you know, to this person and like what they're doing and what they're saying and all this stuff. And um, as a sh- short digression, <laughs> um, do you remember I remember like junior year or senior year of college and there mm-hmm. was that like not here not now not ever campaign on campus <sighs> Boy, do that? I. okay oh so l- listeners this is yeah <laughs> listeners um <laughs> so, bad. Uh, so uh 
uh, we went, as you know, or should know, we went to the University of Nebraska. And um, when we were seniors, there was like a, a series of like, so racist shit happened all the time, but um, there were just a series of like really public um, mm-hmm. like racist and insensitive incidents that happened on campus. And um, there just happened to be like, oh, this was right after um, Michael Brown was killed mm-hmm. by a police officer. Um, so yeah, and but this was before, um, or maybe it was right, was it? No, it was before. It was before because that was I was in Chicago when that yeah. happened. Yeah, it was, it was pre- Ferguson. It was like 2013. Uh, it was pre- yeah. yeah, this is where I, this is where I remember this because it was pre-Ferguson, yeah. and so there was like so there was just kind of there was still some activist energy around on, on campus and stuff, but it wasn't like Black Lives Matter didn't exist, like none of that stuff. It was just kind of like you know people were upset, um, mm-hmm. and um, I. Uh, wow, this was like a really involved chapter of my life. Um, but I, I was a part of a group of students who were trying to organize around um, um, a particular issue. I mean, it was really confusing. We were all kids and didn't know what we were doing. Um, but uh, trying to figure out like how to make the university less shitty and the community uh, like more inclusive and less racist, all that stuff. And anyway, all of our efforts resulted, one thing we did actually was we sent an email um, to all of the senior chancellors and stuff. And we were just like, we're not happy, et cetera. I wrote it. Um, and <laughs> <laughs> it, was, it was good. Um, yeah. And um, that in combined with other things, I think got us an audience with the chancellor of our university. And he said, I remember we had like a list of demands and all this stuff. Um, mm-hmm. There were suggestions. I don't know. They weren't really demands, but suggestions. And um, I remember he, when we, we said, it was me and myself and somebody else. And we sat down with him and he said, he just took the, he, like, we handed him the list. And before we said anything, he just, like, he just started talking. He was just like, okay. And I kind of like went line by line through each of the demands. It just kind of like dismissed. He was just kind of like, oh, this wouldn't work for this reason. Or, oh, we're not going to do that. Or like, oh, that doesn't make sense. And just like, just kind of dismiss them. And Mm -hmm. I remember one of them was um, uh, mandatory, like diversity, like, like credits or seminars for all staff and faculty, or at least faculty. And he looked, he had that one, he was just like, well, you know, this one, I feel like this is just like reverse racism. You know, like that, that's that's what this is, you know, like we're sort of telling these people that they're racist and they need to be, you know, educated, it's like reverse racism. Um, and I remember, I just, it just sort of clicked for me, I guess, in that moment, like when he said that, I was like, oh, okay, this is a waste of time. Like this is, you know, like this isn't like, uh, mm-hmm. this isn't even a conversation or a dialogue. He's just sort of, mm-hmm. you know, he's just sort of going through the motions here. But also I just remember him saying that because he didn't have to say it. Like he could have just said like, oh, we're not going to do that because the, we don't have the money or like, or he could have just, he could have made something up, but just saying like, oh, I think that's reverse racism. I don't think that's going to, you know, he just, mm-hmm. that's what he was saying a lot. It was just like, I don't think any of these things are problems personally. I don't feel like this matters at all. And um, uh, I, it's one of the things I remember most from college is learning how institutions work. Um, <laughs> it, it, was, it was that was like it was like really that yeah. moment, like that specific moment, and that was what I thought about also when I saw that 
interview is like Chris Harrison just going, I don't think this is really an issue. Um, and and the same that the feeling that my feeling was just like, oh, this is a waste of time. Like, like talking like this is a waste of time or like trying to debate in this sort of way is um doesn't uh it I think is dependent on the other person like I think legit like actually feeling like there is an issue involved um and you can't like mm-hmm. make someone feel that way um and so yeah because it was always feeling like he was like no I don't think this works um so I'm trying to remember where I started. Um, but I guess I said all that just because like, I, I suppose just to, to, cause for me, like this is, uh, this is about like structure and it's about like an institution and mm-hmm. it's, and it's not like, it's like, even if you remove Chris Harrison and put like Rachel Lindsay in his place, like it, it doesn't, what then you have like Rachel Lindsay like carrying water for like yeah. the network and these producers and all these people to make more money you know and it's more powerful it's actually more insidious because yeah. it's like you have because if you don't because people because like people don't haven't like actually identified what the actual problem is um mm-hmm. which allows the producers like ample cover to like make these changes um and say like we did what you wanted aren't you happy and then like sort of gaslight the fuck out of you you know or continue to manipulate you and think that like they're not or or point your attention elsewhere or or whatnot um Mm -hmm. and so I think that's kind of um oh now I know where I was going I like that's kind of where I got to at the end of it was oh okay so I don't think uh personally I'm not like particularly invested in some a cosmetic fix I'm not particularly yeah. interested in um fixing the bachelor I'm not particularly interested in holding its feet to the fire because in my experience and from what I've seen mm-hmm. um that uh that doesn't I don't think I don't know. Like if your goal is to like fix it, but keep it around, I think you've lost a lot of leverage mm-hmm. because you have to be, I think you have to be willing that I think people need to be willing to say like, look, I don't have to watch this. I, my life will be fine and I will go, I will move on. I'll find something else to watch. If mm-hmm. The show is not there, but a lot of people, like, as you're saying, um, they stop from fully denouncing like the show itself or the structure itself because they want it you know they wanted to stick around and look I, I'll be honest like I I am invested in the show in the sense that like I have spent a lot of time watching it like mm-hmm. I am emotionally am like invested in it and, and all of those things like I like talking about it it's one of the things that mm-hmm. brings us together mm-hmm. um and I like participating in the discourse you know like I do get I get a lot out of that that said um it's not like the only interesting thing, like you know, like happening. Um, it's not the only interesting thing going <laughs> on. It's not like yeah. it's not the only yeah, like pop, like cultural product that, um, uh, in which you can sort of glean some of like the truths or whatever of American life or whatever. Like it, really, any cultural product you can do that doesn't really matter. Yeah. Um, and so I realized that like, oh, I'm, I am actually okay with 
like taking a step back from from participating in what it feels like is a just a, a process that kind of seeks to keep the show like actually keep it in its place versus being willing yeah. to say like no like uh, I'm, I'm I'm good <laughs> you know something yeah. else please I, I would like something else now yeah and I I'm really glad you brought up like the idea of like its value as a cultural product now too because I even think like at this point like our juncture especially now that like uh I don't know I, I think for me like part of the interest and the value I was getting from like picking it apart was like it was a narrative of something that has historically been very bad that was trying to even on the trailing edge of things improve mm. in ways that were interesting and change right. its own perception in a way that was interesting and I think mirrored right. a lot of like you said like the shallow and incrementalist change that a lot of mm. institutions are currently undergoing while trying to maintain their own social power. Right. I've been fighting with a lot of quote unquote um, uh, liberal prosecutors this week. If you can't tell, <laughs> I'm fired <laughs> up about institutions regaining power instead of reporting because mm. uh, fuck. But yeah, I mean, it did for me, it felt very much like mirroring these other things going on mm. that have been happening. And uh, just like having an executive producer, right, in this very controlling hand in the show, like, I guess, confirm that mm -hmm. that's not what's happening, that this is just, it's really interested in maintaining a really specific narrative around race and whiteness. And mm -hmm. it's like, it, it's not as valuable, right? It's like right. something else is happening. And so it's like, right, what am I, I'm just generating outrage for mm -hmm. the show to continue to gain off of because like you said I do agree that I think they court these kind of reactions in some ways you know yeah that's part of their thing and oh yeah oh no no sorry keep going no 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 this is like a separate discourse complaint and we can edit it out if it's flirting with cancellation <laughs> so <laughs> just a heads up okay let's do it let's, let's go there uh I just feel like too like this is like a broader I guess truth about American culture or whatever but like so much of like I think especially like a post 9-11 America, like what gets framed as activism or like mm. change or helping your community becomes about the individual. It becomes about spending money mm -hmm. and posting and like contributing mm -hmm. on things instead of like actually engaging in collective action. And it's not an accident, right? It's like right. they want to keep you atomized so that you can't put pressure on institutions to right. hold them accountable for anything. And like to me, like posting and like complaining, not complaining, sorry, like but posting and even mm -hmm. these like kind of like even putting the work into figuring out like what would need to change still kind of feels like that kind mm -hmm. of atomized action. Yeah. And I think for a lot of people feels like more broadly like activism and like pushing for social change in some ways. Mm -hmm. And it's like satisfying that urge. that I think people could like more myself included, like more actively channel elsewhere to something that will like make a difference. And mm -hmm. isn't ultimately a TV show. Mm -hmm. So I don't know. I kind of worry about people like, I guess I have more sinister feelings about like it's a capitalist distraction from bigger things and innocent activism. Yeah. So. No, I um gosh, I, I right there with you. I you know <laughs> I've yeah. I've been I've been thinking for a while, uh, or at least the last couple of years, about the uh possibility of collective action in a culture that is so ruthlessly individualistic 
Um, yeah. And, and whose values are all like individualistic, mm-hmm. you know? And so like how that works, like in action, how that works, like when you have a group of individuals, like in a, in a collective um, who even in the collective, mm-hmm. even if they don't, even if they're not like super like conscious of it, um, are in, in part like motivated by perhaps like a, a sort of indiv- in some sort of individual motivation doesn't mean that mm-hmm. like collective action is impossible that's not what you know but it's I just think like um I just think it becomes like really complicated and div- especially when you start including layer like including um diff- like difference in like different mm-hmm. kinds of groups, different experiences, like all that. I, I think it, I think what it ends up happening is the differences end up getting um, more than not often get mm-hmm. more emphasized than the similarities. And I think that has a lot to do with the way that we are encouraged and taught to create our own identities and, um, and mm-hmm. think about ourselves and think about ourselves in relation to other people is like, okay, what's different? Like what stands out? Um, and I suppose it's like my sin. I was like really wanted to write about this, but I guess mm-hmm. like my really cynical ideas that like um, we are fucked in that way. That that like there's yeah. no you like the only so the only or in my mind like one if not the only way to change that or like reconcile those things would be to like actually rework our cultural values. Um, specifically instead of like trying to think about like well how do we work together better it's first it's like what do we actually value Mm -hmm. you know really what do we value Um, because it's not collectivity at all Mm -hmm. Um, and so um, and that of course to me is like in like inseparable from our economic system and our government (laughs) and the state Um, you know like all of this all of those things are like really connected and um so it's like you're right like when i see people sort of um i mean i also think that people I guess I was thinking the other day, I was like, oh, none of this is actually that complicated. But, you know, like, the, the, it's yeah. not, it's not like, um, for example, it's not like uh, the actors in this, like, story, like, are, like, hidden behind this curtain and, like, that we have mm-hmm. no idea. You know, it's not like, mm-hmm. it's not like, it's not, it's not like um, the Illuminati or whatever. Like, um, <laughs> yeah. Or because it's kind of thinking of, like, like, QAnon and all this mm-hmm. stuff, like, of, like, these cabals of people, like, organizing. It's like, it's like you're not like far off like yes like they're like really rich and powerful people who just like decide things you know mm-hmm. like that no that's just true you know it's not yeah. like it's not mysterious it's very like specific and clear who they are and like what their motivations yep. are you know and so I think that sometimes um I think that's like what's can be so uh, disorienting sometimes is to like is that there's maybe a tendency to overthink like what is kind of clear and obvious if you just like look around you yeah, know huh. and that like often but it's com- complicated by the fact that they were being fucking gaslit by our by the state all the time and like rich people who are like <laughs> trying to convince <laughs> us like what's happening isn't Our happening yeah. you know yeah. yeah um and so uh um so like in this case when you when like 
you have like an executive producer, you know, like clearly like you have like the people who have the most power uh, or one of the people who has the most power in the situation. Um, mm-hmm needlessly drawing attention to himself as a problem I think you know it's it becomes like a little bit less even less complicated or or less like confusing like what is actually going on um but I do think that also I think that um oh because of that that's what I was gonna say I think it'd be outside of that, like in like sort of what we could say, like the real world or like in other sort of discourses, like maybe sometimes people yeah. have a hard time um, knowing like exactly where to point the finger, you know? Yeah. And, and that like, and also when you're just kind of in the run of like daily life, like how frustrating and exhausting and overwhelming everything feels. And so there is mm-hmm. something, uh, there's some pleasure in being able to sort of see like an issue that seems like very straightforward and clear and like mm-hmm. there are like very specific presumably like solutions to this problem and being able to call for them and to see like mm-hmm. change happen and to feel like to feel I guess people do really want to feel like things are different you know that like things are getting better and that things haven't been basically the mm-hmm. same since the 50s um, and Mm-hmm. I and I think that's part of this I think ties back into like the investments part of what we were sort of talking about is if you really want to feel that way then um, or invested in feeling that way then I think you're more likely to um, either ex- like accept you know these sort of half measures or band-aids or I guess like not quite go as deep in your analysis as maybe you you might otherwise if you're more open to like I guess acknowledging like the depth to which things are fucked and also being willing to say like things aren't that different and I don't know how things might look but maybe if we sort of really tried to like be open to other possibilities um but maybe we try that and just kind of see how it goes I think there's just a lot of anxiety around that and Um, just not knowing like what replaces that and and um yeah, especially when we're told especially when we're like uh throughout our entire lives we've been told that like alternative ways of thinking about things is like not only bad and like not encouraged but it's also punishable by you know like yeah it's like it's actually it, yeah. we're actually punished for that as well you know and yeah. so it's mm. anyway um I can't remember where I started. I don't know. I, I so I, these are the things that like have been like coming up to me, you know, when I'm just thinking about like all this stuff. It's so interesting too to hear you say that, like, because I do think that like uh, connects really well to like the other part of it, which is like the social media kind of individual reaction mm-hmm. to all of this versus just like podcasts as institutions mm-hmm. <laughs> or whatever, mm-hmm. you know. Um, but I do think like so I'm in the. Um, facebook group for bachelor party the podcast as well Mm, and uh i don't love it (laughs) (laughs) uh but like one thing that's been kind of um appearing there as like a remedy or as a um action to take Mm -hmm. against chris harrison is to start following rachel Lindsay on instagram which is like i mean just like the 
cynicism <laughs> I feel about that. You know, it's like yeah. the person who makes money from that is Instagram, <laughs> you know, and it's like <laughs> yeah. enabling Rachel Lindsay, I guess, to like better leverage her position, her parasocial relationship with you to sell advertisements is like not, <laughs> you know, like yeah. anything. And even like, but again, right. It's individual action. It's mm-hmm, like mm-hmm. A, a take a way you can feel like you're taking a stand and like mm-hmm. putting aside even the fact that like we're talking about trying to leverage a capitalistic institution to like make changes so that it could better continue to make money off us, which like, I'm not even going to touch right now. (laughs) I'm sober. Like I can't deal with that, but (laughs) like my discomfort with like that whole thing aside, it's like, I do think if people were to like, you had, you had told me like go after advertisers Mm -hmm. or like actually Mm -hmm. threaten to walk away. Like I do think like, in terms of like theories of social change, like mm-hmm. interest con- interest convergence is like pretty much it, you yeah. know, like, yeah. <laughs> like sorry, <laughs> yeah. you, you know, it sucks, but it's true. Like they're never going to do the right thing because like Rachel Lindsay has more Instagram followers than Chris Harrison or because of a change.org petition, right? Like, right. you got to quit, you know, or you, you've got get an advertiser to. to quit. Like that's it, you know? Yeah. But I think people aren't there in art, even like, having those kinds of conversations which again it's all a balm to keep you distracted from anti-capitalist and government (laughs) reform anyway so but yeah yeah i um i saw um i can't remember the the twitter user but um (laughs) we read we we like a lot of her tweets um but because she, <laughs> i can't remember her name but she has like a apparently she has like a sub stack i didn't i didn't know that oh, but actually, um, yeah right? actually I yeah actually, she's amazing yeah yeah great. yeah um it's a good newsletter yeah and uh i remember some i remember seeing, seeing a tweet the other day where someone was like you know, like um adding her and was like you know you're such an impo- like i feel like you're going to become a really influential voice in this like in like the nation and you know I like really you know and I'm mm-hmm. glad you're around or whatever and um and Ashley was appreciative and then I think also that's when I saw her sub stack and I was like oh, okay I it like yeah it, it's just uh mm, I guess speaking of of activists um <laughs> <laughs> Boy, does it, boy, does it suck to see like activists, like take an opportunity to like monetize their activism (laughs) Um, in a way. And, uh, and as soon as they're able, as soon as they're able to do so, they usually get either like, is there somehow like their critiques seem to be a little bit less toothy, Um, you know? (laughs) Uh, And I just, um, but again, I think that that's, you know what it's about is like the closer you get it's like the closer you get to it like you know the more invested you become the more dependent on it mm-hmm. you know you become mm-hmm. like the harder it is to see your to see envision yourself or your life without it um and um oh wow I just forgot I forgot it uh this was like a it's something I meant to mention earlier oh but it's related to this um because this this user was like thanking her for mm-hmm. like you know for adding to the discourse in this for her service for her services <laughs> yeah. and I remember Juliet Lippman saying that she was really 
she really appreciated Rachel Kirkconnell's apology and she was like really like yeah that she was really like grateful for that or um like etc and I think she said something similar about Rachel I think was like Mm -hmm. great I don't know just like appreciated their role here and I remember just thinking at first I remember thinking why are you like why are you grateful for this apology like why do you appreciate it like why are you like why are you saying thank you like uh you one demand like interest in an apology and like what investments do you have in like there being one um and also like why are you I don't know like oh I think it was the um uh, it was the the joint sort of was it like an Instagram post I don't know whatever mm-hmm. statement yeah um, oh the girls this season yeah, yeah we're just like you know we're we denounce this and she that's what I think that's particular she was like I'm really I'm appreciate them doing that I'm like really grateful that they did that and I was just thinking like it's so much cynically I was like what so that it's like you're glad that somebody said it, but you yeah. were never going to say that. Mm-hmm. And you feel like it's good for, yeah, it's like you think it's, it makes it easier for you to participate in this because you there's like a, cle- like you can kind of, uh, you can just kind of reference like this opinion and be like, yeah, this is how I feel. Like yeah. I, I agree with that thing that's already been said. Um, and yeah so there's kind of like a, a niche or like a sort of group for you to sort of participate a way for you to watch it and like feel better about watching mm-hmm. it um mm-hmm. and that like if you're complicit it's because you're trying to make the show better and not like because you just like seeing hot people on tv you know uh you just like the fantasy yeah. which like that's my thing is like i would just just fucking admit the game of roses did this a little bit where they were at least kind of like they didn't they didn't literally say that they make money off of the show and that that's part of why they uh quote unquote can't quit the pit um but but that's at least they did come close to just i guess like copying to the fact that like they giving this up would mean like actually losing a revenue source um and that they're not interested in doing that you know that's what they're just not interested in doing that you know um so they can pretend that like or they can defend it by saying like, oh, it's just a game, which it's not. It is a yep. production. It's not a game. Um, and say that like they're one of the progressive elements in the show to make it better. That's fine. Yeah. But if they don't also say, and also we just, we're putting out this book and like, if the show doesn't exist, then we're not going to make money and this is our job now. So we're dependent on this being around. Yep you know, then, then they've, then like, then you're not being truly like forthcoming about your, the extent of your complicity and dealing with that, you know? Yeah. Um, Well, I mean, Juliet too, like, I know we keep hammering her, but I think it's partially because I think you and I thought so highly of her at one point. We're very, we're just, uh, we feel betrayed. (laughs) We do. She was our third friend and she totally stuck a knife in our back. (laughs) But (laughs) she never calls it racist in her intro either when she's introducing Rachel Rachel's Rachel Jesus Christ sorry like Rachel's (laughs) podcast like she um 
she, you know, says that it was like hurtful or whatever, but she toes the line. Same thing. And mm-hmm. partially, I think, I mean, who was her last fucking guest? Lauren Zima. Lauren Zima, who, by the way, said there were no women besides Katie who were worth it this season. What? <sighs> yeah, what? She, she said, uh, <laughs> I just don't see any lead potential besides Katie and any other women. Like, whoa. That's such a like, oh, uh, wow. It's. <laughs> must 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 it be said like why that's really fucked you know and this is like i think maybe the product of like us growing up in an explicitly racist versus just an implicitly (laughs) racist environment (laughs) but like i expect people to be racist i expect white people to be racist uh i'm always like a little bit shocked when people don't even like have the wherewithal to hide it like 10 percent better (laughs) i know that's yeah right like that's what it is it's like why are you 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 not hiding this in part means that like now i have to deal with this which neither of us really want to do you know like you can't even say because you can't even say race it's like yeah none of us actually want to deal with this that's the dirty secret none of us actually really want to like deal with this like directly and this is part of why mm-hmm. it's like so irritating that happens in these like ridiculous ways but yeah um when she said that i was like <laughs> jesus well I-, I think juliet was like yeah me either it's just like oh my god <laughs> okay juliet to her defense said brie and like a couple other people oh, she, she, did. she liked did. She did. yeah so lots to knock her on but less that one but yeah, yeah. still it's like which is like i don't know the Lawrence Zima and chris harrison thing is like always been nuts but i love the people that are like she's gonna leave him now (laughs) (laughs) she's never leaving him (laughs) never leaving him (laughs) oh yeah um because that's the so okay so what do you think from here yeah shall we just kind of guess make make our guesses and bets as to what it what happens from here well one thing that i think is really interesting is that i think they're set to start filming the new season of the bachelorette by next month Mm -hmm. so if we're just looking at like where the chips are at on the board it's like or i guess chips don't checkers whatever pieces (laughs) i've heard it both ways fucking stuff is at (laughs) um you know they have to film like in the next couple weeks they have a can an, an it acknowledged or not publicly confirmed, but have chosen a white lead for the next season. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're midway through what a run of doing Bachelor Bachelor Bachelorette in Paradise mm-hmm. is. I think the plan right now. Mm-hmm. So I think like having all that there, combined with the fact that ABC itself or the production company has not made any kind of statement about what's going on. Mm-hmm. Um, which is so wild too, because like Rachel and Chris are both their talent, right? So to like not take Rachel's side is like extra fucked up. Mm -hmm. Um, but I think with all of that in place, nothing's going to happen. I think like if we're being just like strict utilitarians or whatever Mm -hmm. about all of this, I just like, don't think that there's the political will on the sense of ABC or the financial whatever to like actually try to litigate their way out of contracts Mm -hmm. and get a new host up to speed in time. That's my guess. Yeah. I, um, you know, from the beginning, I just thought, um, 
I don't really understand why they're well actually maybe their attitude was let's just ignore this This is gonna blow over yeah um I actually believe that was their attitude yeah and that Chris went rogue I feel like I I bet if there was a PR person on the call, they would have been like, nope, we're not doing this. Chris, shut the fuck (laughs) up. (laughs) Just like mute his Zoom. Yeah, it's like, nope, nope. We weren't going to talk about this at all. Um, Not not in this way. Um, Because the thing is, so if I were to, if I were an exec um, and my priorities were just like, if my priorities were like on the network or whatever, I would think, you know, if I read through all the the tweets and discourse, I would, what I would see is, yeah, people are criticizing it, but you know, the amount of people who are saying they're not going to watch over, watch anymore, pretty small. Um, or no, sorry, before yeah. this, like before the interview stuff. Um, yeah, like nobody, nobody's really talking about, like our core audience isn't talking about boycotting the show because they think it's fine. Cool. So let's mm-hmm. just ignore this. And even after the interview, a lot of a lot of people defending Chris Harrison, a lot of people saying demanding that the show be better, but like they're not gonna quit watching it. Um, so yeah. let's let it blow over. Like they clearly clearly they don't they're like shit together, so they can't figure out how to really, you know, <laughs> squeeze us. So whatever, I'm figure that out. <laughs> I'm not gonna do anything. Yeah. Um, that's what I would think on, you know, and I would also yeah, and also think like, what are our contracts? Yep. Like we can't let go of Chris Harrison because we have a contract with him. Mm-hmm. We have, they probably already signed contracts to shoot, as you said. Mm-hmm. Um, if Katie has already signed a contract, then they got to honor that. Um, and although you would think, I mean, I could- you would think that they would have waited a little bit just to see how everything sorted out at the end of the season. But I also think that they made such a strong push for Katie in the yeah. beginning and they were just going to like capitalize that as fast as possible. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, one thing I was thinking and cause I've been thinking like the okay, these last couple of seasons have been really weird, not just cause it's COVID, but like mm-hmm. part of it. Um, one wrinkle I think that I hadn't really thought about is that ABC is like a network, like a, a public network and that, and how, how their anxiety is about being profitable and in the age of like all in, in the streaming age have, yeah. have probably had something to do with the vice grip that they've like their approach on like how they've been managing these seasons in mm-hmm. the discourse and trying to like maximize revenue and all that stuff mm-hmm. um and and part of why they've just sort of accepted that instagram is the future and they're just gonna like Mm-hmm. go all in it's because they just have to make money um mm-hmm. in this uncertain landscape um and so i don't think that they're gonna so okay now i'm of two minds because now i'm thinking like if they really are perhaps overthinking how much influence like certain segments of social media have yeah maybe they'll make like more drastic changes but if they I think have a broader view of things and realize like this is probably going to blow over and we can kind of like make certain changes incrementally um, and get and not lose money, but also get like the social, the benefit from it. Then they'll do that. I think, Mm -hmm. I don't think that they'll let Chris Harrison go because I don't think that um, in this way, because I don't think that they'll want him to go out like that. Yeah. I think that, 
best case scenario for the fire Chris Harrison people I think it's like um he gets one more season yeah. and they do they give him like a fet deserving of like a, a god and they and then they oh you know what they could do is they could just like keep him around as an executive producer until his contract is up but just like yep. change the host um so yes, tailor it right That's yeah exactly yeah, keep exactly yeah even on contract um and you know apparently he's been thinking about retiring anyway mm-hmm. so this could be but again he can't retire and scandal i think or mm-hmm. due to or i mean think about the way he, he's not gonna like i don't think that he would accept even the optics that he was pushed out by the quote-unquote woke police and yeah. i don't think the producers and i don't think that like the network really want that to be the narrative either so my guess is he gets one more season bows out gracefully or even one more like uh season in terms of mm-hmm. program like batch bachelor party they're the formal handing off of the host duties mm-hmm. um the next bachelor season and then that's the way that's the way that they transition out right of it yeah. um they're probably gonna do that anyway maybe mm-hmm. this expedites things but like maybe not um and what's funny or shitty is that if this was the plan anyway like if you're a network exec you could be like oh, okay well we were gonna do this anyway so like i now they get yeah now they get the credit for doing it you know credit yeah mm-hmm yeah. It is weird. I will say, like, I guess <laughs> to play devil's advocate, like, <laughs> uh, you can kill me at any time, but I do feel like The Bachelor is politically actually behind ABC. Like, I think that ABC actually has more of its programming is at least on like issues of race representation, like ahead of where The Bachelor is at. Mm, yes okay that's true yeah you know like they have all the um kenya barris shows and Mm -hmm. you know even their news anchors on the national shows they own are actually ahead um Mm -hmm. which like isn't saying anything right but i just think like i do wonder if like that calculus is slightly different if at some point this will weigh differently but i don't know probably not (laughs) well no i mean you're right because the question is how much do they at what point do they realize Chris Harrison is actually expendable and yeah. that like it doesn't cost really like that again well same goes for uh, people will watch no matter what so like if they yeah. think that knowing that like actually Chris Harrison is expendable they that's not why people watch they don't watch for him they watch for the fantasy if we just provide them that with a nice like shining face no matter who it is uh, mm-hmm. but probably a white person, uh, mm-hmm. then things will be fine. So if I think if they realize that and think like, and if it gets really too much, um, I could see the people above Chris being like, you know, you really shit the bed here and he really shouldn't have shit the bed, you know, because now you're costing us money. You know, it's like, if they really care, like we, yeah. we don't really care about as much about the boys, boys thing. We just mean we more care about like the fact you fucked up our money. <laughs> so yeah, exactly. Um, yeah. 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 And then we don't owe you anything because you messed up. Fuck you. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's the other thing too, right? It's like technically ABC doesn't produce it. It's like a production mm-hmm. company. And so I don't even know like if Chris Harrison's relationship is with ABC or with the production company. Uh, yeah. That's a good point. Right. It, and it could be, they say like, 
I mean, ABC would still have say in the sense of like, we're not going to buy more episodes of Chris Harrison's affiliated, but I think that would right. slow down the changes that we saw in the show, depending mm-hmm. on like that third relationship. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So it's complicated. Yeah. yeah <laughs> you know, God, what I wouldn't give to be just a fly on the wall. I and would like, love with oh. like Robert Mills meeting with like uh, fucking Mike Fleiss and whoever the real, like whoever the showrunner for the show is. Um, and just going, okay, like without Chris Harrison, because he's not in those meetings and just going like, all right, so what, uh, what do we want to do exactly? You know, mm-hmm. God, I would just, ah, uh, that'd be my make a wish foundation wishes, like the trans, <laughs> the transcripts, <laughs> the transcripts from those meetings. <laughs> well, you know, there's probably like at Walt Disney headquarters, like in their legal department, somebody who's been out of school for probably four or five years, who's been tasked with writing up, examining the contracts and writing up a memo of all the ways they could get rid of Chris Harrison and all the pros and cons of all the options. Like that memo probably is being created right now. God, and I, so- <laughs> I really want to see that memo. <laughs> I actually wonder if I could, I could never get the memo, but I wonder if I could like network my way to the person. I know someone who was in-house counsel at Marvel, which I think is also Disney, right? Yeah. Yeah. Let me see what LinkedIn turns up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you guys, even just like asking a question, if that memo in fact exists would be, I just want to know, you know? Yeah. Oh, God, that'd be great. Do you think we could, inter- oh man, I guess they couldn't talk to us about, fuck, I just want to know about that i want to know just in general what is being discussed Mm -hmm. and who is in the room talking about it um man so in terms of like our next steps like Mm -hmm. how are you feeling about the bachelor going forward um i mean not great um (laughs) softball question (laughs) yeah yeah um yeah, I think uh, it just feels, it honestly feels like since we, it's it's kind of funny when we started this podcast and the seasons we started it on because um, it's not, I don't feel like it's not fair and it's not our fault that these seasons have been so fucking shitty. Yeah. Uh, and, and, that, <laughs> and that they've forced us to talk about it. it they've, they've just put in our face like, everything that is really shit like the truth of the situation everything that's shitty about it um because uh, I, I feel we yeah. should say and be honest to listeners and say like it's really not like we've been saying the same like repeating these same things to each other like for the last you know like 10 or so years about like the show i'm like oh it's been so awful and like oh you know like actually yeah. like I, you know it's only in the last maybe year or two it, that's being generous actually that like i think we've spent more time really like digging into the show I mean like we talk I mean we talk about it but like I think it's been less um well I don't know it's been less icky it's been like more light and stuff but I think it's because of what they've been giving us you know and so um I guess I just want to say that only because I I guess in my mind like I want to be honest about like the way that my thinking and feelings have changed and that like, I didn't yeah. always see these things, you know, and I, I, care, I didn't care about them in the same way that I care about them now. And, um, and I think I've just sort of reached a point um, where while I still 
I think we'll pay attention to the discourse and probably we'll still watch. I don't know how much I'll watch the show, but like mm-hmm. I'll be kind of engaged at least. I don't really feel, I want to limit the amount of sort of emotional energy and like in like thought and in, and quick critical engagement I I spend on it because it's mm-hmm. just like um I from some of I feel like I've said all I have to say I don't know like yeah. what else I could possibly say about the show that you know hasn't already been said or we haven't talked about mm-hmm. um and kind of as you were saying like closer to the top of the pod I don't see what the it's not like um it doesn't seem like a, a totally unique like product anymore that seems necessary to and or important to look at and study um and it's not fun mm-hmm. anymore so there's like you know just to be you know it's like it's just not it's not fun anymore um mm-hmm. and so I think for me I personally want to like take a step back in terms of the way that we uh, the extent to which we cover it here. Um, you know, what do you think? Yeah, I'm totally a thousand percent on board and like agree with you. I mean, it's so funny. Like uh, what you were saying gave me such a flashback to like when we were at Krug Place at Omaha and it was like Caitlin <laughs> Bristow's season. And like, yeah. you know, it was like, I think the first time, at least for me, like, and like us in conversation, like mm-hmm. we were thinking more about like, how the producers use kind of like stage versus unstaged scenes Mm -hmm. to like create this sense of like intimacy of moments and like Mm -hmm. how effective and how smart we thought that was. Like I remember. Yeah. It was so energizing Mm -hmm. and like so Mm -hmm. fun and like so exciting. And I agree that I feel like that like hasn't been there for a while, you know, Mm -hmm. Um, particularly like these seasons have just felt like, chores you know and Mm -hmm. I mean not I love you and I love talking to you and I would sit through 30 hours of (laughs) poorly edited television in order to reach that every week um but yeah no I think like what are we getting for our investment you know and like I I think like what we were saying earlier about kind of like the show sowing discord and benefiting off of it is like Mm -hmm. I, as tiny of a part as we are of like the bachelor media machine, like I kind of want to take us out of it. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I I agree. And especially when we're not, when it doesn't become more complicated because of financial ties, we, you know, like, like not like we'll ever have that, but it just seems (laughs) like we're in a unique position at the moment where we or that's like especially not complicated for us, you know. And so, you know, I love how you say at the moment, as if at some point we might become financially dependent on this podcast. <laughs> Your optimism is amazing. I know. Maybe part of the one percent of podcasts. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, no, oh, hilarious, hilarious that will, would be. Um, yeah, I mean. Um, but what's great is that, and I think maybe something that I realized even as we were talking about this is um, it's not really The Bachelor that like brings us together that like we necessarily like mm-hmm. talking about, you know, or it's it's reality TV in general, it's just stuff in general, you know, like I just like, like talking to you and um, mm-hmm. 
and that we <laughs> can just be anything, you know? And so, <laughs> totally. I, you know, <laughs> so it's like, I think that's the, that's, I, I, you were mentioning like an emotional like block. And I think that was, um, Ismin was asking me like, oh, are you going to continue mm. watching? Are you going to like keep watching? Cause we, uh, I didn't know if we were going to talk about the episode this week. So we were watching, I watched some of it. We didn't finish it, but watched some of it. Yeah. Wow. And, um, and I, she was, are you going to continue watching it? And I was like, I want to say no, but I, re- there was like a, just, I realized now, like there was like a, some hesitation and I was like, why am I hesitating? And it's like, oh, I don't want like, uh, us to stop doing this. Yeah. You know? Aww. And yeah, yeah I feel really emotional actually. <laughs> yeah, really. yeah. Like I feel like, um, really emotional about it because, um, especially because I remember like when we first started talking about this um I won't go into the details but like I was like I was like I was like having like a really hard time Mm. and Mm. um and there was a lot of things like I couldn't I just couldn't talk to you about and um but I still wanted to like talk to you and still like wanted to to be connected to you um and this was like one of the the things that we would talk about you know mm-hmm. and like one of the things we could talk about and um, <laughs> I know I was like I was I'm crying um <laughs> uh and um so it's um I don't know so I guess I'm I guess I just want to I'm just realizing like how much I guess I don't want to be um like I really understand what the the show can mean to people and like mm-hmm. what place it has in their lives and and because it's had such a huge huge like mm. important part of just our relationship um and that's why I value it you know that's why I've, I, I it's yeah. been important to me you know um and I so I think it's not I guess it's just like not easy as you know what I mean like it's just not like yeah. an easy thing to like think about and contemplate and into um uh and I'm just I guess I'm relieved that you know this quitting the bachelor or stepping back (laughs) or whatever um doesn't mean that like our friendship is over I don't know I you know I I, I don't know I'm being a little bit dramatic but like but I realized that like this was you know just like it was so important and um maybe more than anything I just want to like acknowledge that like how like the role it played and and why it's like why it's been disappointing for it to be like so disappointing lately you know because um because it wasn't for such a long time you know it was like actually this it was for me like a source of relief and actually escape and Mm -hmm. um, and uh and now it's not and you know it's kind of lame you know yeah Oh, well, our friendship will never be dependent on any reality TV show. And I love you so much that I have for a decade. And I just want to re- reaffirm you on that. Okay. <laughs> Thanks. I love you too. <laughs> Someday we're going to live in the same city again. And we're just going to talk shit on our horrible neighbors. Uh, I just want to having depend on that. TV. <laughs> <laughs> but no, I think it'll be good. Like, like, 
this idea of intentionally turning our obsessiveness somewhere else does feel really exciting too. Yeah. 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 We can, we can, it could be anything, right? It could be anything <laughs> in the world. But I do think like, we've talked about Married at First Sight, I think like turning it to that. Um, mm-hmm. I think one thing I'm excited about with that is like the spoiler community, like there's just less of a discourse around it. Mm-hmm. And I feel like there's a lot of work for like primary source investigating. <laughs> like I feel like because people don't get as famous on that and it's a lifetime, mm-hmm. it's a little bit less like... So wow west you know like oh wow okay yeah i i'm into that um yeah i i i want to yeah i think because we do watch a lot of reality tv and there's a lot of stuff that's like interesting that happens in other shows um that just haven't been as around as long frankly um mm-hmm. you know and um yeah and i think like yeah i mean i i think that there's I, I am now feeling more excited about what we can do, you know, versus like yeah. what we're not doing anymore. Um, then mm-hmm. with that, do do we, shall we just uh, pivot <laughs> into married at, married at first sight? Oh, are we going to change our name? I don't know. Branding and stuff? Let's think about it. I'm actually open. I mean, like I like our name, but I don't know. We can play it by ear. Yeah. Yeah. Well, just listeners just if you if you're uh if the um uh what is it the uh the uh fucking what's the thing uh i don't know like if if you have actually subscribed to this podcast and you suddenly see that it's a different podcast (laughs) we'll have to announce something or whatever but the thumbnail fuck yeah that's what it is if the thumbnail picture changes or whatever don't be shocked it's still us we've just we just (laughs) rebranded um uh but yeah well th- all in due time yeah you know, um yeah I, we don't have to do this on chris harrison's timetable you know what i mean exactly like, you're, exactly, you're exactly right we're liberated in a lot right. of ways right also batch signal is still a great name <laughs> that's the thing is like we could just take some of the roses out right right yeah it's whatever yeah um right then they'll still work anyway okay so married at first sight <laughs> Ugh, sorry okay i'm feeling like 